fucking episode. It's so good. It, oh, this was a good episode, honestly. I Part of me was thinking, like, when I clicked on it, I was like, oh, this is one I didn't really like. But then I watched it again, and I was like, no, this is great. Like, what the hell was I talking about? Yeah, so many of these episodes, you forget how good they are until you watch them yeah, again. Yeah, like, I'm trying like, to think, oh. like, part of me is always just like, why did I not like this? Like, like why did I not like the originals when we when it first started? I was like, what was in my head? Hey, hi, hello, everyone. Welcome to Afterbite. It's an Originals fancast only eight years too late. This week, we are talking about season one, episode 12, Dance Back from the Grave. I'm B, joined by my co-host, Brian. It's a Howdy. B team episode. It's a B team. I love it. We haven't had it's one of these. Actually, episode. I would say we haven't had one of these in a while. And I'm like, wait, we actually haven't had like a normal three person episode until last week. Yeah, it's been a it's been a buck wild time for Afterbite. But gang, yeah. we're here and we are about to talk about a really fucking good episode. Oh, God. Yeah. Of of this episode i'm so i love this show so I, goddamn much i forgot I, how good they do flashbacks too like literally like it's like they took like the best parts of vampire diaries because vampire diaries up until like this episode this season did very good flash- well actually no the 1952 stuff was good or 53 whatever it was with enzo and damon but yeah like, they up t- until like, recently until recently, it wasn't, like, the best, but, like, we've seen better from the Vampire Diaries. Like, these are, like, they took the best bits from the Vampire Diaries and threw it at this show. Literally. The, wait, before we even get started, Brian. Yes. We have some rankings you need to catch up on. We do. Okay, so what was the last, we had, I have a lot to catch up on. You have a lot to catch up on. The last episode that you ranked, and I don't even remember if you were on this episode of Afterbite or if you've just added this rank in previously, but the last episode you ranked was 107 Bloodletting. So I need rankings for The River in Reverse, Raining Pain in New Orleans, and The Casket Girls. Oh, and, and, and après moi le deluge. Come on, we can say the French word correctly. I only we can know give them that. <laughs> my brain, because I'm on Encanto. Like I've been watching a lot of Encanto, and so my brain auto-tuned that to a rapist. <laughs> nope. Um. Okay. You so... actually have already ranked après moi le deluge. You've already ranked that a ten. Oh God, yeah. oh God! I yeah. also ranked out of ten, so that one you're good. We just need the 108, the River in Reverse. Okay, For reference, and Brian reverse. and I, uh, Jordan and I gave this episode a nine. Oh, okay, Haley on my side. Hold on. Fish figures have some lights in their past. Oh, this is the episode where um, like that family member came back for Haley and kind of like opened and like told her a lot more about. Um, and then Cammy. Oh, God. God, this was some good shit. Hey, oh. the originals is a really good show, Bestie. I know. Really? I didn't know. <laughs> I know. Shocking everybody and nobody. It's a really good show. Oh, when Cammy figured out that Klaus is. Oh, Cammy. Oh, just Cammy. Oh, I know. I, I know. Just... Okay, I think I'm gonna go with you guys on this one and give it a nine. Fair, 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 fair. I'm gonna fair. go with the right. nine. That's fair. That means it's a nine across the board. Yeah. Uh, the 
Next one, 109, Raining Pain in New Orleans. I gave it an 8.75. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jordan gave it a 7.5. Really? Yeah, I think I remember this one being a little... But isn't this the one where Haley kind of learned about like her family and like her parents more? I'm going to be honest with you, bud. No fucking clue bestie no goddamn idea <laughs> check the yeah. check the holy bible of the wiki because I, I got I am on no the bible. fucking Don't idea they hear a noise diego go fucking diego Diego's so fun he causes so many problems i love him <laughs> i was about to ask what do you think happened to diego and then i remembered what this show is <laughs> this isn't legacies where people survive yeah this is absolutely not Oh, this is also where they kill when they killed Agnes, right? Um, raining pain oh. in New Orleans. I think so. Maybe I don't know. I don't fucking remember, oh, bestie. Body count. Body we count. talked where about is this it? episode. Oh, no. We talked about this episode like a month ago, bestie. Yeah, I don't remember this at all. This wasn't the one where they killed Agnes. Where am I thinking of? I think it was a. Agnes died way earlier in the season. Yeah, I really Agnes did. I remember that. Now. I was like, I, I just saw something. I was like, oh. um, oh, and when Davina finds out that she she can be freed and every and everyone's lying to her, ooh, the Davina stuff mm-hmm. was good this episode. I think I'm gonna go with you, but I'm gonna go eight point five. Eight point go, five. It's a fair I'm go ranking. Point point a point two five below. That's fair. And Oops, the last me. one you need is the feminism episode of the Casket Girls. <laughs> oh, I love literally. This, like, Jordan and uh, I made the MVP of this episode feminism. Like it's really it's the feminism episode. Yeah, the MVP really of is, the Casket honestly. Girls is feminism slash Rebecca, um, but mostly feminism. <laughs> um, honestly. So. Oh yeah. Oh god. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. Oh, when they discovered that Celeste is a part of all of this. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm. And I loved the opening of this episode, like, when Rebecca, like, saved the casket girls. Yes, I think that was such a fun opening. And then it, like, did that, like, the pan with the music. Oh, I gotta give this one a 10, I think. Damn, bestie, you're giving it a 10? I think so, because I That's remember... Fair. Jordan and I both gave it a 9.5, so I'm not shocked you went up that little bit extra. So. I think it's just purely for the cinematography and the cliffhanger of Davina, like, Davina's drawings and, like, Celeste kind of becoming, like, the big bad of the season. Like, yeah. out of nowhere and, like, how left field, like, this was. Yeah. I I just love the twist great. of it. And also Cammy breaking her compulsion. Like, come on. Oh. And then, obviously, après moi, les deluge, like, a 10. A 10. A no, 10. no question about it. A 10. That, period. That literally, the, the ending. The ending alone. Like, oh, God. I, re- I, re- I rewatched the ending before I watched the new episode. Just because I needed to. Like, that's the, the, I think this was the moment that stuck out to me from the original season one. Like, like. This Marcel felt like, walking in with the fire coming up behind him. God. And then, ugh. Vampire Ugh. Diaries would never do... So- well, they did do something like this. Vampire Diaries couldn't do it like this, dude. But they couldn't they do it like this. shit like this, Not man. with, like, the towering graves from Lafayette Cemetery and, like... Ugh. Ugh. 
And then the Celeste reveal, like, even that. Literally, it's so good. Like, that came out of left field, and that's the best kind of reveal you can get. Like, I, if you had asked me, like, watching the pilot, if we had asked Jordan, you and me knew, obviously. Uh-huh. But watching, like, the pilot or the, the unofficial second pilot, Always and Forever, if we had asked Jordan, do you think, um, what was, oh, what was her original name? It wasn't Celeste. Sabine. It was Sabine. If we asked her, do you think Sabine is evil? Jordan would have said no. Just, like, this whole... This whole ep- this episode that we're about to watch is like this is everything good with the originals. Like, yeah. Ah, chef's kiss, chef's kiss, chef's kiss. Let's talk about it, besties. Let's do it. Season one, episode twelve, dance back from the grave. The Netflix description for this episode is: Marcel refuses to help Klaus when a gruesome discovery is made, and Rebecca recognizes the remnants of a sacrifice as the work of a dangerous warlock. Again, we're back with the warlock thing. But like, we here's do- the thing. Uh, can I go into my thesis statement for just a little bit? Please go into your thesis. I think the use of warlock here is very distinctive and good because I think this is this is positioning him as a different type of witch, right? True. This okay, is positioning fair. him as somebody who uses the life force of the people in his family to get more power, et cetera, et cetera, fair. right? I think it also recontextualizes the stuff with Jonas and what's his name? Luca? Lucas? Uh, From season one. The the Martins. Oh, Luca? season two. Jonas and season Lucas. Lu- Luca. Is Luke. it Luca or is it Lucas? Luke Luke Luca? I think mm, hold on. I think it's Luca. I think it's Luca and I, I think, think it's Luca K to be edgy. Uh supporting cast. Uh it's Luca with a K. <laughs> I was right. <laughs> I thought. Of, why did I think but it was think, Luke? Because it's all the same name. That's I think true. this also this episode serves to recontextualize a lot of what they did in season two, actually, in the distinction of warlock. No longer is warlock just sort of like male, witches, witch. but male. Because later in yeah. the later in this same season or in this same. In either this season or next, we get male witches who are just called witches, right? I think this is very distinctive of, like, we are setting up warlocks as people who channel other beings, specifically their family members. And I think that's a lot of what Luca did, is he taught Bonnie how to, like, channel, like, power from astrological events, and then he and his father did the thing where he, like, projected into the Salvatore house or whatever. Yeah, I think this also does the same thing, where it's, like, this is this is a very specific kind of witch who does a very specific kind of thing, so they get called something different. Yeah. I think I think the use of warlock here is not just them going back to like, well, what if witches were guys and didn't want to be what called if witches? witches? Were <laughs> but what if witches weren't like, but what if we did like meninist witches, you know? This is very much specifically like this guy uses magic in a different way than other witches do. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. And I think this works. Yeah. So. It does. This episode. This fucking episode. Bestie, this episode. I, oh God, there's so much that happened in like this short, like 42, 45 minute episode that just... 
I I can't even like begin. Like it kicks off. Like it kind of feels like obviously this is like the I think this was not the mid season return, right? Or no, was this it? wasn't. This was oh, not, was and okay. neither was the last episode, which shocked Jordan and I. I think the mid season return was like one oh nine, actually. Interesting. It was no, really is... early in this season for some reason. Interesting. That is weird. Um, but like this kind of felt like the like the half and half of like season eleven, like season eleven, like. <laughs> the first 11 episodes we're done with like we've established the world we're good let's get into the nitty-gritty bullshit yeah like, and this episode gets into it. a lot of nitty-gritty bullshit actually which i do I enjoy lo- i love it even the flashbacks with like celeste the, the like showing her like different faces throughout the years it's just like oh yes yes the grave thing too the grave thing i forgot how cool that was Yes, I love this this episode. So, so this episode starts out with um, the redheaded witch, uh, Genevieve. I'm just gonna say her name. I don't think we technically learn her name yet, but I'm just gonna call yeah, her Genevieve to make life easier for everybody. Yeah, redhead witch. Uh, <laughs> redhead witch. No, um, this is uh, starts with Genevieve and uh, Celeste walking through the cemetery, and. Um, they do a cool like transition on the tomb as um and then they go back to 1919 where Celeste wearing a different face wearing the face of a witch named Clara Summerlin uh is with Genevieve as sh- they go to some ceremony to welcome Papa Tunde to the French Quarter. Mm. Uh and right off the bat you can tell Papa Tunde is He's here to He's that bitch. He is. No, you're correct. He is that bitch. These two walk up and Papa Tunde, everybody's like in a circle. Everybody is wearing all white and they're all dancing and like playing drums. And like Papa Tunde walks out with an albino python around his shoulders. It's the Amaze moment. Like, (laughs) (laughs) this started it. His whole deal is like so fun and I love it. He's like a witchy Elijah. Like, he makes a pageantry of it all. In like, a way, the yes. Suit, like, he's, the suit, come on. The suit. The twin sons with the mark on his forehead. The albino python. I love it. I love Papa Tunde. I forgot how much I loved him. He was cool. The thing is, he's such Spoiler. a cool villain, but he's only here for, like, one episode, and you're still, he's... like, wholeheartedly in on it the whole time, which is really the impressive. Heart. The best part about Papa Tunde is he has like a he arcs across all the seasons of the show. Yeah. Like in some way or another. And even goes into legacies too, which is awesome. So like his, that's why he's the best. He has like watching the beginning of this episode, you're like, oh, so this guy's gonna be our villain for like quite a while. Mm-hmm. He's here for one episode. Hey besties, he is he is only here for this episode. And then physically, Papa Tunde is gone, but emotionally, he remains He's with us forever. He is here forever and always. Always and forever. Basically, Papa Tunde is going to help the witches of the French Quarter become stronger. And he's like, you know, I will punish, I will use my strength to vanquish your enemies and I will punish, you know, them for their greed. In return, you will accept my family into your coven and me as your leader. So he's 
coming in basically as like some witch terminator to just fucking yeah. suplex the originals into like submission basically oh 100 he is he is the finisher here he is like the witch fixer which i love so then we continue in 1919 um we go to a little meeting in the french quarter um where it is elijah again we're still in 1919 where it is elijah um, some police officers and a few other two uh, two like gangster looking dudes. They very much have like the like yeah, what's shame. up? Yeah, yeah, yeah no, exactly. Shame. The prohibition's <laughs> coming. We don't know about that yet, but it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> so Russia might be werewolves. Huh? Which um, another twist? <laughs> well, don't talk about that yet. It's coming. These guys. I mean, it's not coming. You know, it's whatever, talked it's about in this episode. It's talked about in the scene too. I just, I just like yeah. the reveal of it. Um, so <laughs> uh, Elijah makes some clip about how like Mayor O'Connell appears to be running late, uh, and then Klaus walks in. And I have to say, guys, 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 You're Elijah and Klaus look so good. <laughs> they look so <laughs> good, guys. They Honestly, look so good. Nineteen late nineteen tens Klaus is kind of hot. Like he can 1920s class. Not to be like, it. not to be like, damn, but like, damn, damn. Now we know why Stefan stuck around for a while. <laughs> he is so. He's got like the charm and smile. His little bow ties. His hair is all neatly done. I know and I Elijah with a little bit of like the pompadour, almost like with a little bit of like lift to his hair. Oh, bestie. <laughs> I had to remind myself that the, that this this guy killed Don Jenna. Like I had to remind myself, no, you hate him. You hate him. <laughs> but you don't, because they're so. I don't. Fun. I can't hate Klaus anymore. Like after, obviously, I know the journey we've been on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know the journey. I can't. I can't hate Klaus. He gave me hope. Literally. I just. Oh. Oh, Wait, this eye. show was Emmy nominated? This episode was Emmy yeah. nominated? For Best Hairstyle. It's the only Emmy nominated show on CW. Are you fucking kidding me? I think so. And it's this episode? For hairstyling. Which, like, I get it, though. Like, I, I couldn't believe... I remember when, like, this came out. I was like, if the Originals wins an Emmy, we've won. Oh, my God. And this, you know, the CW would have milked that shit if they won it. Oh, absolutely. Emmy award, Emmy award, Emmy winning award show winning CW, show, the originals. the originals, yeah. <laughs> From the Vampire Diaries, an Emmy award nominated show, the the originals comes legacies. <laughs> yeah, literally. Um, so basically, um, everybody here. So Elijah's trying to cut a deal with the Guerreras, um, who are in fact werewolves but they are also first and foremost criminals Gangster. they, they, they are smuggle first and foremost they smuggle stereotypical 1920s gangsters they smuggle the booze and the the ladies i don't know so um basically elijah's like you know under our supervision the guerrero family can traffic alcohol into new orleans for a profit we would still be in charge but our rule would remain a secret so I like this move by Elijah because you can kind of see how he's trying to like, I don't know, like circle the wagons almost. Yeah, he's trying to like make 
peace, but also keep the city going in some weird way. But also keep themselves secret from Michael. The humans. Oh, that too. The humans and Michael. <laughs> yeah, Michael. I think mostly it's Michael. <laughs> Who? <laughs> he's dead. We don't need to worry about him. Um, he's fine. He's dead. He's been dead. Yeah, he's for been dead five for... seasons. <laughs> no, for, three. Yeah. It's been three. Yeah, he only died in season two or three, didn't he? Season three. Yeah. Um. Papa Tunde intrudes on this meeting, and he is like, "Hey, I speak for the French Quarter, which is now. How will any of this benefit them?" And uh, Elijah and Clusterpuff like, "Ick, fucking excuse me." The who? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the Papa Tunde has his uh, twins place sort of like a medium size like hat box almost onto the table, uh, and everybody gathers. I know everybody gathers around to watch as Klaus lifts the lid of the and case. It's a new top hat. And he, he, Klaus's expression in this moment, by the way, is so fucking funny. It's it like, was funny. I guess we'll need a new mayor. And inside the inside the hat box is uh, Mayor O'Connell, whose forehead has like that little, weird little like magic symbol on it. That won't come back to haunt us later. Absolutely not. Never mm-hmm. again. Never again. Um, One time thing. <laughs> Marcel is in his emo teen years. Um, he really was this episode. Like the amount of times he was in a hood, I kept noticing that. I was like, Damn. he was wearing his hood so often this episode. He's I like, I am wonders- wearing this black hoodie because I am sad, and you will know that I am wearing this black hoodie because I am sad. <laughs> you know, like those sweatshirts that have like the the sleeves that go all the way down and have a thumb hole in them. Yeah, I I think he had. I think I want to say like, please let it be one of those. Let those one of those. I feel like Klaus has a whole bunch of those. He probably does. Uh, I'd be. I would love to see it. <laughs> so there's that. Basically, Klaus is like, "Hey, do you want to like do something?" And Marcel is like, "No." Anyway, goodbye. Um. So Marcel is sulking this episode. Yeah. Rebecca and Elijah have this little convo and Elijah's like, maybe we should stop scheming against our brother because he is doing all right so far. And Rebecca's like, yeah, okay. No, but okay. Which I think is very funny. But I also kind of love like how during this Rebecca's like, okay, so the ritual didn't work. That power, we know that power. It's strong. Where the hell did it go? It went somewhere. And I feel like Elijah's like, completely ignoring the fact that that is a very valid point like yes like even like (laughs) why is everybody ignoring her she's right hey king she's (laughs) correct that kind of power doesn't just disappear and i don't know why elijah is so like not willing to like listen to rebecca in this moment i don't know it felt very weird to me how elijah every other moment of every other episode he's like we need to respect the witches they have power etc etc not when the power that they actively want is missing he's like yeah no don't worry the the ritual concluded and rebecca's like no it didn't conclusions we can see or we can feel but this did nothing i think the witches are just up putting like posters missing ancestral magic please return if found (laughs) i just think it's so It's so funny to me that Rebecca is correct. Yeah. 
Elijah, I'd like to recommend the Casket Girls episode because that is feminism. And you, sir. Elijah, we need to give you give you a fucking feminist re- like. <laughs> because he said hasn't he said before that he is a feminist? Yeah. We, Elijah, like, you need a refresher course, bestie. Exactly. Go back to feminism boot camp, buddy. You need it. <laughs> Listen to your sister for one. Because she's right in this instance. That power went somewhere you just don't know where it is, and that's dangerous, besties. <laughs> Elijah, enough of the gaslighting. Let's get to the girl bossing. <laughs> Come on, Elijah. <laughs> oh, God, um, I love this show. <laughs> so. Two things happen sort of simultaneously. Klaus sends a bunch of vampires led by Diego to do a little rousting in the cauldron. Um, because he, for some reason, also is like, the witches will lose their magic soon now that the ritual didn't work. Which, like, bestie. Bestie. Yeah. <laughs> bestie. Not true, bestie. <sighs> um, and then the... Diego comes back and has... Um, he has some bad news. Two vampires disappeared while they were rousting in the cauldron. And mm-hmm. um, now the they are appearing in, in a sort of weird ritual circle with that same symbol from earlier carved into their foreheads. Uh, <gasps> simultaneous to this, Rebecca and Thierry are discovering the same thing in Thierry's warehouse down by the docks. So those two things are happening, like, simultaneously. Marcel is, like, very much like, that shit is bad mojo. I'm getting the fuck out of here. Goodbye. Because he's in his emo teen stage. While at the warehouse... um, (laughs) He knows not to fuck. I just stopped there. (laughs) I never fucked once. I never fucked in my life. (laughs) What's that one fucking Nicki Minaj Ace mood board meme or whatever? Um, I never fucked fucked Wayne. I never fucked Drake. I never fucked Wayne, I never fucked Drake. Fucked- All my life, man, for fuck's sake. <laughs> I've never fucked, period. Um <laughs> nah. Sometimes I wish I could unfuck. <laughs> so, um Rebecca's like, oh shit, somebody wanted this to be found. And then Papa Tunde appears from the shadows behind them. And Rebecca, like, vamp speeds to try and kill him before any shit starts. But Papa Tunde reaches out, grabs her by the throat, and desiccates her, like, immediately. Which, if... Let's give a little bit of Vampire Diaries universe lore. If you can easily take down an original, you they mean fucking business. It's hard like, to take down an original. It is. Like, do you know, like, we all saw, like, how many people it took just to take down one original in Vampire Diaries. It took, obviously, with Bonnie, she had the help of a thousand witches, but that's Bonnie. She's the best. And she can do whatever the fuck she wants, because she is an independent woman. But even then, it it took her a while to do it. It did. She needed to have, like, her hand on Klaus's heart or something like that to do it. Papa Tunde is just, like, ten seconds, some chanting, you're done. You're done. You're fucking done, bestie. Like, holy shit, dude. I uh, and then Thierry runs like a little bitch. Thierry just runs away like a bitch. Also, fucking bitch. Thierry coming back out of nowhere, <laughs> like he just shows Thierry up. Thierry coming back out of nowhere, but I think it's very funny that he exists, does some dumb shit, and then gets punished for it, and continues to just be there to do dumb shit. I think it's very funny. Oh God, he's gonna die soon, and like I can't wait. 
hey, let's not be mean to our Thierry fans in He's the gonna audience. He's going to get thrown into a mud pit and forgotten about. <laughs> oh, I assume there, there are some Thierry fans. I assume. Uh-huh. I was a big fan I of him. Somebody. Until, I was a big fan of him until he kind of turned into this. He is so dumb. He's so. <laughs> he is. You think someone who learned from Marcel would be smarter? But he keeps wearing these fucking dumb little hats. I have that kind of hat too. I know, but like, mine's authentically wear, Irish, though. <laughs> if you were to wear that kind of hat, would you expect people to take you seriously? I didn't even take myself seriously. Exactly. He yeah, wears that hat. Re- and he expects people to take him seriously. And get play out the of trombone. Here. The trum. The trumpet. Trumpet. He plays the trumpet. He's tr- <laughs> just imagining him with a trombone, like <laughs> just walking down Bourbon Street with the trombone, following the tourist. I just think he he just his hat is so stupid. I cannot take him seriously. Oh, you know? it's the Poor hat. Baby. I'm sorry, bud. It's the newsy the hat. hat. Is weird. The hat is weird. You could. He could have, if his, if everything about him was the same, but he didn't wear those stupid little hats, I would think he's okay as a supporting yeah. character. He's fine, you know? He exists, he fucks up and causes problems. Okay, that's about par for the course. But since he wears that stupid little fucking hat, no mercy. No mercy yeah. from me, Bessie. Fuck you if you wear that stupid little hat. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... Okay. Klaus is getting no love from the quarter vampires as he's trying to solve this problem. So he's like, fine, fuck it, I'll do it myself. Yeah. Now we go back to a place we... I, I feel like we haven't seen Russo's in a while. Is that just because I haven't watched an episode of the originals in a while? I feel like we haven't I, been back to Russo's since Sophie got kidnapped from there. I think so. I think we've been back. I feel like we've been there. I feel like we just... I, I don't know. I saw it and I was like, oh, we're back at Rousseau's. It felt very novel to me. I don't know if that's just, again, because we haven't watched an episode of the originals in like a month or if it's yeah. because we genuinely hadn't been back to Rousseau's for a while. But Cammy's here. Uh, she's trying to call Sophie because the restaurant's a fucking disaster. And she's like, do you think maybe you could come in? And um, please fix. Marcel walks in and he's being emo. Uh, and he's like, gonna wait for Sophie basically uh, to come back to the restaurant so he is um, he's just being emo with Cammy this episode which honestly good for him he needs a therapist also yeah I think this is the beginning of Cammy actually starting to like play her own role in the vampire drama of new orleans you know i feel like now that she's broken free of compulsion she like has her own agency she has her own like ideas about things which i think show in this episode which i really enjoy oh 100 i literally kept like going like yes cammy yes cammy yes cammy cammy does really grow into one of i think my favorite characters oh god yeah she's one of my favorite characters i think she's one of my faves she is very divisive among yes. fans. We'll say that much. She's very divisive. But I but think she is very fun because she does And she reminds just... them of Caroline. Ugh. 
every woman on this show is blonde and pretty. Literally. Nearly every yeah. woman on this show is blonde and pretty. That's true. The Michaelson sisters are blonde and pretty. <laughs> She's oh, that's blonde true, they and are. pretty. Literally, I'm just blonde like, and yeah. pretty. Three out of six of the major women I can think on this show are blonde and pretty. <laughs> like, yep. I do think Kami was kind of set up to be a Caroline almost, which I think was a disservice to what her character eventually became. So I think a lot of people wrote her off preemptively, but that's neither yep. here nor there. She's just going to therapize Marcel for a while this episode while he's being emo. And that's what we deserve. So there's that. Haley and Elijah have a little moment. It's just kind of like, Haley's like, you know, it's really more, I was just thinking, we never figured out why Davina drew those pictures of Celeste. Anyway, I'm just killing time. He's like, all right, cool, bye. So there's that. <laughs> I don't feel like their interaction was anything super special this episode. We had just finished. Elijah and Haley had a little convo. I don't think it was <gasps> that important. Um, no. It was like Haley being like, I'm upset that we can't hang out because you're trying to be a good big brother. And like, I get it. Uh, oh, she brothered him. Sucks. I know. Oh yeah, forgot about that. Um, Cami and Marcel are Marcel's being emo again. We know this. Um, Love him. There's that. We he segues us into a flashback to the Michelson compound in 1919, when Marcel is returning from World War One. See, at this point, they didn't know it was World War One yet. I know, they just knew it was the Great War or whatever. They just knew it was a war. <laughs> it certainly was the biggest war they've had up until that point, besties. Yep. Um, so we learn, we learn a number of things here. Number one uh, is that Marcel served in World War I. <laughs> He's a veteran, he gets the discount. He gets the discount. We later learn a little bit more about his World War I service. Um, he was stationed in, I believe, France. Um, with oh a... yeah, I remember that yeah, episode. You remember that? We'll oh, learn more. I can't... About later. He was in France. I can't wait to talk about that episode. That one was a good I know, one. It's really interesting, emotionally for Marcel. I love to pick apart yeah. this man. I feel like that's very Cami core. I love to pick apart this ancient vampire's brains. What's I your know. deal? It's. I would love to be her, honestly. Honestly, so blonde, too. pretty, having a bunch of men throw themselves at you. <laughs> In a supernatural hotspot, when you are just a human, which means you will probably inevitably inevitably become a vampire or die someday. You know, happens. <laughs> just Great girly time. things, you know. Just girly things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Pixel's about to sneeze all over my keyboard. Girl, keep oh, your what? fucking snot off my keyboard. Even no, no bless you. I know she has a little kitty cold. Oh, poor baby. In this flashback, uh, Marcel and Rebecca are not on the greatest of terms. Shocking oh, absolutely yeah, because, nobody. Yeah, because wasn't the last time that they kind of saw each other, he like revealed that he had to choose between her or letting her out of, like, choose between her becoming a vampire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is true. So, That's basically she alludes to, like, you left me in a box for 52 years. I'm gonna ignore you for twice that long. Seems like a good start. Etc. Etc. So there's that. He is, however, on the good side of Elijah and Klaus. And again, Klaus looks so cute here, besties. He does look cute. I'm sorry to be a filthy Klaus apologist, but... <laughs> Committed Klaus multiple murders. <laughs> but he looks cute in this episode, so it's okay. He does. He does look good in this one. 
Klaus has basically invited Papa Tunde out to this party so he can like suss out his weaknesses and his strengths, et cetera, et cetera. And that's the one thing I kind of love about Klaus, though. Like this little tactic of him like luring at his enemies and being like, oh, we're all the same. Like we're friends. We're besties. Let's drink and have fun. There's women and uh, men, if you prefer. Klaus does not discriminate. But like Klaus doesn't discriminate because he's very gay. Oh, one hundred percent. He he and Stefan. Like I'm gonna go to my grave with that. Yeah. Um. So will Julie Black. One hundred percent. But I just love this little tactic because, like, most villains don't do this. They don't suss out. They don't like get to know their get to know like the people that they're against. And Klaus is very obviously anti-hero. Like a hero wouldn't do this. Well, actually, wait, they would. <laughs> I I like it because it is very much. I don't know. It helps you see, and Kami kind of mentions it. Like he is a, you know, like he's a sociopath, and he learns what he can about his enemies so that he can most effectively hurt them. Yeah. There's that. One hundred percent. I. Uh. Oh. There's also this this thing of, like, Marcel's like, you know, we're all monsters, Cammy. If you're powerful like Klaus is, you just don't have to bother hiding it. And Cammy's like, Davina was powerful. She wasn't a monster. Youch! I, I, mm, I love that, they're, like, the monster thing is still, like, very prevalent. Narratively delicious. We need Cammy to do therapy on Legacies, like, right now. Like, she would... Oh. They tried a therapy. They tried a half-ass therapy box. Don't you remember? Bessie, <laughs> they've done like forty therapy boxes by now, and it's like, oh my god! Talk like, to a person. Don't just put them in a box, Bessie. Like, get Cammy, raise her up from the dead. Let's go. She's not dead yet, Bessie. I mean, Come raise on. her up from New Orleans with a ticket on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just cough. Whenever I cough, I say people are dead. Papa Tunde and Celeste have this moment where um, he's like, the power of the original sister flows through me, and um, when I am done, Klaus will wish he could die. Yikes! <laughs> love that! <laughs> I love I the fate. I love the warnings. It's so good. I love everything to do with this episode. I think it's so good. It really is. I just love how, like, even Celeste, like, just how evil she is. And, like, just fucking sexy she is, too. Like, god She's damn. She's so fun. She has schemes you don't even fucking know about yet. Like, But the one uh-huh. thing I also love is that this isn't, like, a revenge plot. Like, we want power for New Orleans. We're like, I want the originals to just suffer. Like, I love that that's, like, the central theme of all these big bads, basically, and I love that for us. And I I'm just... love that every big bad is so smart. Oh, really? One hundred percent. There's like they don't make dumb choices. Obviously, they will eventually. They don't make dumb choices. They they either make a dumb choice or they're just outsmarted. Marcel and Klaus have a little convo. Um, Klaus meets up with Sophie Devereaux, who is also drunk and stumbling around. <laughs> and um, sad. <laughs> everybody is just, like, drunk and emo this episode. I think Notice it's very it's, funny. <laughs> Notice how it's only the people who are close with Davina that are drunk and sad. Yeah. Yeah. 
I feel like Davina died so long ago, but it was literally the last episode. It you know? really was. It, oh, poor Davina. I can't believe she's dead. I know. Rest My in bestie. peace, baby. Rest in peace. My bestie. Elijah gets scared because Rebecca's not answering her calls. Um, and now he, cares. he I know. Now he gives a <laughs> shit. The way they treat her makes me so viscerally angry. I know. Sometimes the way that I'm just like, mm. men, um, <laughs> <laughs> shakes fists at air, men. Tier, <laughs> <laughs> um, or Elijah bullies out of Thierry where Rebecca was, and he and Haley go to Thierry's warehouse. Not just a warehouse. I think it's just a warehouse. I don't think Thierry owns it. Actually, they label it a lot in in the transcripts as Thierry's warehouse. Oh. So I think it because Maybe Thierry makes a mention of how he used to run things down here for Marcel. So I think it is actually Thierry's oh. warehouse. You know, At least that's what they say in the transcripts on the Holy Bible, the Vampire Diaries wiki. So which I am. We have to take it as fact, obviously. I believe them. Exactly. I believe them. <laughs> we have to believe the Vampire Diaries wiki. We have to believe the scripture. I am I am actually just like inclined to believe that because of like all of Thierry's mentions of running things down there and the yeah. fact that they've labeled this warehouse specifically as Thierry's warehouse since early season one when they had Josh in it as well. So Yeah. I think it's like a communal all the vampires can use it warehouse, but I think technically it is Thierry's. Yeah. Thierry's the reason for the global supply shortage right now. He would be. He would, he be, would be. He's blocking the Suez Canal again. He's like, yeah, yeah. He would be. But also, it would be really funny if the Suez Canal got blocked again. I think it would be very you know, funny. Let's do it. 2022, you have. <laughs> they're just taking a lot of like beloved celebrities right now, but I'm just ready. I think it would be funny if in 2022 they did the same plot over again. You know, I think it'd be oh, funny God. if mid-March we got another global supply interruption. I think it'd be funny. Anyway, sorry, let's continue back. <laughs> in 1919, flashback again, thanks to Marcel's transitions. Um, Papa Tunde was not about to get what he wanted from Marcel or from Klaus and Elijah, so he went on a rampage. Nobody was safe, not the humans, not the Guerrero werewolves, not the witches have deposed him. Elijah offered a truce. He gave him his word, in fact. But Klaus, being Klaus, decided to kill both of Papa Tunde's twin sons and present them with his with their heads in a hat box, much like Papa Tunde did with him. So, which I love. I also kind of love how like Tunde like channeled his kids because yeah. like that's a good source of power. Because he even said it himself. He practices ancestral magic. So like that's yeah. ancestral. And this is where I think they made the big distinction between warlocks and regular witches. I think warlocks rely much more heavily on channeling of people within their own family than, say, general ancestral witches, right? Yeah. I think this, and specifically, because they, I think they unintentionally did it in early TVD as well with Luca and Jonas, but I think they really were like, this is what makes a warlock different. This is why he is called a warlock and not just... yeah. A witch. Yeah, I got. I was also half expecting them because I was like watching this and I was like, "Voodoo high priest." Like, are we getting there now? Or 
No, no, we didn't get there. Although he does, I also do wanted to know, he does speak a different language than the other New Orleans witches that we've seen so far. He speaks a was different it, language it, when he it does. It wasn't Creole, his, was it? Because it sounded French. It it sounded French. I don't know. I could run it through Google Translate. Like Haitian but, Creole, um, maybe? He he spoke just like a different language, which I He did, also liked. had a great accent, too. This The guy who played Papa Tunde killed it. He really did, you know. He should have gotten the he, Emmy. Um, he speaks French. Um, oh. When I run it through Google Translate, obviously not the most great, uh, not the greatest source, but he speaks mostly French. Okay. Um. So there's that. Yeah, this actor though fucking killed it. Who's this really actor? Did. Hold up, hold up. Who's this actor? Owiso Odera. Fuck yeah, bro. He was great. He killed it. He really did, honestly. Oh. What? What? Um. Oh, no. He passed away in 2016. No! Two years after this episode. Oh, no! I was really hoping you wouldn't have said that. I know. I'm sorry. Oh, that. Oh. I just... You know, I know we don't give MVPs out this early, but like he gets the MVP. He gets the MVP this episode. I think yeah. he absolutely did like one. Great not job. just because he's dead. Like I'm not like, but like that like kind of cemented like he left a very much lasting impression. Like. like like I said, he is only here for one episode. He steals the show this episode. And his mark on the originals very much continues. And the entire universe now. And the entire his, universe Because his, his story now exists in legacies. I Short one, but like it's a nice little like when you see when you when it happens, you're like, <gasps> Papa Tunde. I love him. This episode, he's so fun. I love him. Okay, so what, what happens next? So, Klaus uh, presents Papa Tunde with his twin sons, heads in a box. Um, <gasps> and my then sons in the he... box? <laughs> <laughs> and then Klaus uh, presses his thumbs into Papa Tunde's eyes and then goes through his brain. Bitch, so I forgot how graphic... Hardcore as fuck. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of fucking hardcore, huh? Because, like, here I am. Like, obviously, we're on, like, currently airing right now is Legacies. And we have, like, the fun, cute stuff. Like, the cute little magics. And, like, obviously people are dying and burning alive right now. But, like, nothing like the day that Hope Michelson, like, jams her, like, perfectly manicured fingers through the eyes of an enemy. I'm going to scream. Literally. It's just very... Yeah, it's fucking hardcore. I honestly... Klaus is that bitch. He's so hardcore. I love him. Oh, oh. Same. So, at Russo's, um, back in present day, who walks in but Papa Tunde? Of course. Um... So there's that. Everything's fine. They, they sit he down attacks Marcel and he's like, I channel the power of an original vampire. Soon I will have all three, but first I will take you. 
And I very much love him getting revenge on Klaus's son for Klaus killing his sons. Damn, 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 uh, bitch. I loved loved how, like, he kept referring to Marcel as Klaus's son. Yes. Because Marcel is Klaus's son. He is. Like, adopted. But, like, even adopted, that's still his kid. Like, he. That's his son. He was like, this is my boy. You will not hurt him. Then we cut to back with Sophie and Klaus in the cauldron. Sophie is kind of explaining the magic to to us. She's like, this is a complex spell, old school stuff, rooted in sacrificial magic. Um, my guess is they were an offering to gain more power. More guys they kill, more power they have. Remember that, because it's going to come. It's a very useful Mousketool that will come back soon, actually. <laughs> yeah, very soon, actually. So uh, Cammy calls Klaus, and um, she's like, some lunatic is witch is trying to kill marcel whoops <laughs> that v8 ba- besties the and v8. that is our intro for our sponsor this week <laughs> <laughs> this week we're sponsored Acid by reflux. energy <laughs> oh. <laughs> we're sponsored by target brand up and up omiprazole <laughs> <laughs> which i actually took because i had chipotle for lunch <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, are we unrelatable to the young adult audience of no, TBD? And then I remember that we are only, tw- I'm only 23. You're like 25. We no, are young adults. I'm turning 28 this year. Yeah, close enough. Who cares? <laughs> You're, we're still young adults. If we're under 30, we're still young adults. And I'm like, are we too unrelatable to other young no. adults? No, we are not. Make sure to buy your open result from Target, not CVS. It's cheaper. Oh, for real? Nice. Yeah, it's like $14 for like three. Good fucking tip, bestie. I ordered like a bunch one time when they had a deal on Cartwheel. It was like 20% off. I, listen. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just funny because it makes me think of that one, um, you know, that one Tumblr post where it's like, you can tell this site is aging because, and then it's like under some post about like Sudoku or something like that. Like you can tell the core audience is aging because of how many posts and note about, uh, like notes a post about Sudoku gets. Yeah, I think it's like that with this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I- I've picked up solitaire again. I feel like my mother. Oh, so true. Like my mother in the nineties. Hayley and Elijah come upon Rebecca's body in the warehouse, and um, they can't get to her though because somebody is channeling her and. Um, there's like a boundary spell around her. So Not typically channeling spell. is like a lethal process, but because she's an original, she can't die. So she's just like an endless battery of power. Unlimited power. Uh, so there's that. And that's it. Rebecca dies. This is how we're... Um, Nope, besties, Papa Day and Klaus and Marcel have, like, a little thing back and forth. He's like, you know, you're here, like, I can crush you in front of the eyes of your son, then I'll consume you both, yada, 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 etc., etc., etc. This episode is very good, please just watch it. Yeah. Um, Elijah calls up, uh, Elijah phones a friend, and he calls up Sophie. And he's like, there's some sort of like confinement spell around Rebecca. I can't remove her. We can't break the link. And Sophie has one of, I think, my favorite lines in the originals. It where was, she's, I, honestly. I love this. I love her little sentence. She's like, it's a convoluted spell. It's like a witch's recipe. You can spoil the balance by adding a more potent ingredient. A mystical binding agent. I don't know, a v- volcanic ash, rock salt, anything up to and including Eye of Newt. 
Um, and I love that Eye of Newt is like a loophole. Like I love that because Eye of Newt is like a real ass thing. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that there's like, yeah, this is just like a real herb, but also it is used in magic and you can also buy it at your local farmer's market. Yeah, Thank totally. You. If you wish to break the boundary spell around an original vampire, you know what to do. I, though, I really do like this because this is, I think, one of the first really good expansions of magic that we get in the originals where she talks about it like it's a recipe. You have certain parts. You have, like, binding agents. You have sources of power. You have things like volcanic ash and rock salt, things that are, like, conductors and binding. Um, Like, I really do like this. And she's like, it's like a recipe. Yeah. In the in TVD so far, we've been just like a you can do magic. Congrats. Goodbye. Good luck. Right. <laughs> but in the originals, there's like there's a process to it. And you can like build a spell like you're building a cake. Like you're making a cake, you can make a spell. And I really do like it. Um, and I like that she specifically mentions like spoiling the balance. Offset it with something more powerful, that'll throw it out of whack and break it. You're good. If only they had something more powerful to have around them, like I don't know, a magical mythical tribrid baby. Hmm. Too bad. I mean, specifically, specifically, they're using the blood of a witch. Yeah, that's um, it. That, they don't that. even really care about the fact that it's like a tribrid or whatever. They're <laughs> like, we need a witch. I would think like that's like the ultimate loophole. I was like, when they said, "What about witch blood?" I'm like, why not tribrid blood? Like this thing is like. The th- we don't know. We obviously we know now. Like it's hope. Obviously, spoiler alert: the thing inside Haley's ba- belly is a baby, not a tumor. Anyway, <laughs> like you would think, like a magical baby would be like the ultimate unbreak, like the ultimate thing, like to break everything. But no, it's just your blood. You know, just it's just. Uh, and then I was also confused. I'm like, why Haley's blood? And then I remembered the umbilical cord. <laughs> Yeah, hey, do you know that they're... <laughs> yeah. You know. I forgot about that. I forgot. I, I think don't know. Jordan and I have talked about this before, but technically during pregnancy, a pregnant woman's... A pregnant woman can have a blood type, like, different than her child, and it just means, like, for the duration of pregnancy, she technically becomes what is medically called a chimera and has two different blood types <sighs> going through her veins, which is an interesting thing that I think Jordan and I learned about a few episodes ago when we were like, how does this actually work scientifically? Yeah. I mean, anyway, I'm never going to get pregnant, so I wouldn't know. Um. <laughs> anyway, uh, they... Haley gives Elijah her wrist. He draws some blood. They walk towards the circle together and he lets the blood fall on the magical boundary line. It starts to fizzle and deteriorate. And then he's able to get through and he picks up Rebecca and takes her out of the circle and he reaches um, and he just like vamp speeds away with Rebecca and Haley in tow. Because of this connection to Rebecca's broken, Papa Tunde uh, is like about to finish Klaus off and then his connection to Rebecca breaks. So he becomes weak, which allows Klaus to stun him long enough to rush over to Marcel. Um, he tells Cammy like, oh, go get somebody off the street so that Marcel can heal and he needs blood. And Cammy's like, don't worry, I'll do it. So there's like a moment. Okay. I, what was the line that she said to Klaus? That's like, you, you don't, don't control-, control me anymore, remember? I had to pause. And I screamed, like... Girl boss uh, line. Girl boss's fuck line. I, uh, I, like, I forgot, I I forgot how great Cammie is. And I know she is. She's my favorite character in the show. Cammie's such a... Like, literally, I don't think there's a woman in the show that I don't love. Actually, that's a lie. There's a woman in the show that I hate for very specific reasons. But, like, it's fun. But it's, like, very specific reasons why I hate her. 
because of shit she does. Um, but like, even like, like just, oh, like, I love how she's like, I'm going to like, she could easily run from all this, but she's staying and she's saying, great, I'll stay, but you don't get to control me, bitch. So she did, I added the bitch for em- emphasis. But she would. If this she wasn't would. a CW show, she would. She called She would have if they could swear more often on the CW. I would just love one one F bomb on any TVDU show, please. I'm begging. <laughs> Cammy Cammy deserves that one. Cammy would deserve the Cammy deserves to say fuck, actually. If not Cammy, then Lizzie Saltzman, just please. <laughs> also deserves to say fuck. <laughs> Because she says, son of a bitch, just one of these days, she's just going to go, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> they, um... Rebecca recovers, tracks down Thierry, um, and she gets interrupted by yelling at Thierry um, because of a... Uh, because of Elijah. And he's like, can you maybe fucking stop trying to make moves against our brother? And Rebecca's like, can you maybe make our brother stop making moves at me? Maybe? Do you give a shit about me at all? You're a hypocrite, Elijah. You choose love over family and then condemn me for doing the same. And then just leaves. (laughs) Bitch! (laughs) Bitch! (laughs) The women. The women! Women! (laughs) I I literally just... uh, uh. Rebecca's story just throughout this entire series is it's amazing. It's does her story justice. So bad. Like, ugh. And the thing is, is like, she is correct in this moment. She's yes. right. She's right. 100% she's here's right. here's Elijah, like, making goo-goo eyes at Haley and, like, not thinking anything of it. When Haley is literally carrying the future of the Michelson family. Like, literally in her stomach. It's also very much like she's she's like, okay, I get that you care about Klaus, but can you care about me too? Yeah. Beyond just saying that you would never stand against me, can you give a shit about me too? She's like, I know you see the good in Klaus, but like, what about the good in me kind of thing? Like, give two shits about your little baby sister, okay? Thanks. Care about her. Somebody give her a break. She's very small. You can imagine <laughs> the kind of stress she's under. Um, she's wearing heels. Please, somebody give her a foot rub. Uh, <laughs> Marcel. A little bit, little bit later in the uh, Jardin Gris voodoo shop, Marcel and Rebecca meet. Mm. Marcel is like, you know, the, the his symbol is already up and down the cauldron, more of them popping up everywhere. Rebecca's like, yep, I mean, I suppose he's marking his territory. He brought up a lot of memories. Memories that are best left buried. Hmm. That can't mean anything. And then we go immediately to a flashback to 1919. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, and Marcel reveals to Rebecca that he's the one who brought Tunde to town. What? She's like, you know... I figured he says that if somebody as bad as Tunde comes in, maybe Klaus gets chased off. Very well, least he's occupied know. enough that he can't stop me from trying to get you back. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then, 
Rebecca's like, you mean to tell me that you would tear down everything my family built, everything you helped us build, risk your own life on the off chance I would show you the slightest bit of affection? And Marcella's like, I would, I did, I'd do it again. I, here's the thing, I want queer rep, I want gay representation, I want that, but holy fucking shit, Marcella and Rebecca. These, These straight, straight people make me lose my mind. I hate it. I hate how Julie Pleck and the writers of the Vampire Diaries universe, I hate how they make me love the straights. I hate it. Just so. Like, God damn it! I want good rep, but this bullshit is good fucking food. This is delicious food. And fucking just... Michael Narducci and Michael Russo? Get it, fucking besties. Michael Narducci, I will give you my soul. And, he, um, oh god that man anyway then but like, then, then oh, fuck, rebecca continues she's like all of class's life there's only been one man he's ever truly feared my father michael he's like oh so you know the vampire <laughs> hunts vampires and rebecca says if he came here klaus would flee and never come back all we uh. need is a witch who can help us find him rebecca looks behind her and uh-huh. sees Genevieve, looking at her from the nearby table. Their eyes meet, they smile, we hard cut. Ah! <laughs> okay, here's the thing. We knew there was a reason why they left New Orleans, and that reason was Michael. We now are learning the truth. That maybe Michael was summoned here by one of the Michaelsons. Himself. And it's just like, holy fucking shit. This changes everything. And it just is, mm, mm. oh, this is some good fucking family drama bullshit, and I love it. And besties, this isn't even it for this episode. We still got a few more scenes back here, baby. That was actually the scene where I was like, wait, Marcel was the one who brought Papa Tunde? Yeah. I forgot about that. And I was just like, I was like, like, I'm running through my brain thinking of like all the drama, like just summoning Papa Tunde has caused. And, like, thinking about that, you're like, oh, God, this is all Marcel's fault. You know how, like, Catherine is the impetus for literally everything? Diaries? <laughs> I think Marcel is sort of that impetus, but for the originals. Like, sure, yeah, there's, like, the baby and everything and Haley's yeah. there. But, like, I feel like a lot of the problems in the originals are all because of Marcel. And I mean that in the best way possible. I think he is as central to this show yeah. as Catherine is to the vampire. Here's <laughs> the funny thing. I love how we mentioned the baby. The baby wouldn't have happened if Haley had never come to Mystic Falls. The only reason Haley came to Mystic Falls was because of Catherine. <laughs> so in a way. <laughs> yeah. In a way, Catherine yeah. is still affecting the originals. <laughs> God, that, that fucking bitch. Ba- she transcends all. Rest in peace. I mean, she's not dead. We she's know not that. dead. We know this. That was we know last, that she's currently trapped inside of Elena. <laughs> Normal, just girly things. Just girly things. Anyway, um, Klaus at the Michelson compound. Klaus basically is like, if you don't want to stand with me, you can fucking leave. I don't care. And quite a few vampires do, including Thierry. However, Diego doesn't, which I think I is really interesting. I forgot about Diego not leaving, and I was like, Diego's staying? Mm-hmm. I, I loved, like, that little speech that Klaus did, because I, I am a sucker for a good speech, I a good monologue. Like He's so dramatic. And for he could read, Joseph Morgan could read me Shakespeare, like, to my face, 
and I would cry. And it could literally be like anything. Joseph Morgan could read a fucking cookbook and that would like <laughs> make me drift off to dreamland, besties. Honestly, he has such a good voice. I'd kiss him at that point. <laughs> I think he's so good. I just I, I just love when he does like these epic when Klaus gives those epic speeches. I know it's stupid, but I love yeah. like even like the ones where it's just like his family and he's just yelling at them. Like, remember the one in season three, like when they all got undaggered and he's like, I'm the hybrid. I can't be killed. Like that yeah. one. Yeah. I love that scene because you're just like, oh, it's all I can say. <sighs> oh, jo- Joseph Morgan. Let's see. Joseph Morgan. The Emmy Award winner for this, <laughs> for the hair. That's it. <laughs> Not your voice, but your, hair got the Emmy. your hair got an Emmy. Okay. Anyway, uh, some of the vampires leave. Diego doesn't. Congrats. Um, Marcel and Klaus talk to Sophie. Sophie has figured out that um, the harvest ritual basically got hijacked. And they, whoever hijacked it, used it to bring back four witches. Just not the right ones. And yep. so Marcel is like, okay, so there's still a chance. If we can get that power back, we can save Davina. Yep. Which, God and bless. He's correct, by the way. Um, and we'll see this kind of later. Is that like once these uh, I think witches, next episode. Next episode, I think we'll see once these witches, once these like the baddie squad get killed, uh, then like their power the goes back to the original back the original go back to the harvest girls girls, yeah yeah so like once the power is done being contained in somewhere it shouldn't be it kind of flows back like everything magic wants to work itself out magic wants to bring these four girls back from the dead as magic does nature creates its balance exactly exactly even in ancestral magic (laughs) so klaus is like okay but sure 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 eventually but like papa tunde wants revenge how do I end Papa Tunde? And Sophie's like, I mean, kill- stopping him from killing any more Nightwalkers is like a start. Stopping him from gaining more power is a good place to start. And then, and then- they go <laughs> down to the gardens. The fucking immediately he <laughs> gains more power. <laughs> and then um, Mar- Klaus and Marcel go down to the gardens only to discover that they are too late. All of the vampires are dead, sacrificed by Papa Tunde. Every vampire in the gardens save for Thierry, who probably only got saved because Klaus let him out this morning, Yeah, is dead. Papa Tunde has an incredible amount of power. And those vampires are, like, well over 100 years old. And in Vampire Diaries' terms, that's still strong. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's some good-ass magic shit. So... That's some good-ass fucking food. And we're fucked now. Papa Tunde's gonna go on a killing spree. We're fucked, besties. Anyway, that's... But after- wait, there is but- one last scene in this episode. Fuck! What else lose my mind. Celeste and Papa Tunde are in the Lafayette Cemetery. And Great place to be. Papa Tunde is performing a ritual on a blade. If you guys haven't seen Papa Tunde's blade, uh, Papa Tunde's knife, I guess? I don't know what they call it. Yeah, um, uh, dagger. Or... No- Blade? I think blade. I think it's I think it's just blade, yeah. I think it's blade, it's, yeah. It's fucking a wicked looking knife. Very it's much cool. it's like a big tooth that's like filed down. I think it's supposed to be like human bone. I guess. I don't know. It's very much like Hold white 
tooth-like structure. Opportunity, um, significant spells. He appears in three episodes? Oh, never mind. <laughs> never mind. Um, I think flashbacks in one. So this Papatune presents Celeste with the blade. He's like, this blade now contains all the power I harvested from the vampires. It will do things worse than death, even to an original. And. Mm. Yeah, it's blade. Celeste is like, then are you ready for the final offering? Papatune's like, yeah, okay. So um, he hands her the bone knife and she stands behind him and slits his throat. And once he's dead, uh, she looks at the knife and smiles. And that's the end of this episode. Which, okay, so fun thing about which, uh, okay, before we talk about the, the blade. Holy fuck. Like, holy they, fucking shit. They hyped up Papa Tunde to be such a big, like, player. Uh-huh. Only to just kill him off like that. That well, is. That's cool. that. It's like, so cool. It's awesome. Also, the blade, obviously. The blade is the blade will stick around for a long while. Papa Tunde's blade shows up quite a, a lot. A lot. A lot. But the significance of the blade and what it is, we'll talk about it at a later date. Next episode is when we'll the next episode of the originals is when we'll see what this blade does. Um and boy howdy does it do some shit. <sighs> I love what this blade does. So there's that. And that's it for this episode. Brian. What a good episode. What are you ranking this? Scale of uh, 1 to two. 10. A 2. It's a horrible okay. episode. I'm kidding. I'm going to go 9.5 on this one. Okay. Like it, it wasn't quite there for a 10 for me because it still shocked. I think that actual like shock of me like finding out like uh, Papa Tunde was summoned by Marcel was like my like extra like oomph. Yeah. For me. Like that was my extra like oomph. I genuinely don't know what could make this episode. Because I also, I'm I'm with you where I'm like, this episode's not quite a 10. But also, what would I need to add to this episode to make it a 10? Exactly. Like, this to me, this is a, a really per- fucking good it episode. Was a, it was a pretty perfect episode. I don't know. Like, I want to, I don't want to just give every episode... Of the originals a 10. But we're <laughs> pretty, you want to. I want to. I want to give this episode a 10. But something about it is like, this is a 9.5 or a 9.75. But also, what would I add to make this a 10? Hmm. Like, what reason do I have to not give it a 10? I don't know. You know? That's what I'm thinking of. Like, is it a 10 by default by just, like, by by the fact that it's a fucking banger episode of the originals and banger episodes of the originals are 10s? They really are. Like, even I was shocked by this episode because originally I was going in thinking this episode would be an 8 for me. Mm-hmm. But, like, the shock and, like, the reminder of how amazing Cammy and Rebecca are and how, like, even Marcel this episode surprised me. Like, we got to see the human side of Marcel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love this episode and how, like, you don't even... You don't even... You know now that since Marcel is the one who brought back Papa Tunde, like, there's so many events set in motion 
because of that, you know? Yeah. Like, you don't know what the extent of Marcel's machinations are, which I think is so fun. We're going to learn a lot more in the coming weeks, obviously, of, like, what goes on now with the Marcel-Rebecca caveat. And apparently the baddie squad, too. Yeah, there's obviously more to that. You know? Which I'm kind of like, happy they get, like, I think another, you know what? I'm changing my ranking. I'm giving it a 10. Giving it a 10? Okay. I'm giving I'm it a 10. I'm also going to give it a 10. I'm giving it a 10. way less bad giving it be- a 10 be- if you are as well. Because here's the thing. I just said this in my head. I didn't say it out loud. They didn't take, because in Vampire Diaries, they would have shown us all four villains at once. Yeah. And mm-hmm. have, and have them battle it out with our heroes. And then the, yeah, this one, they took the time. To give us a Papa Tunde backstory. And a whole make episode. Us, a whole dedicated episode to him. Dedicated to him and only him. And that his legacy <laughs> literally lives, will continue to live on. And the, and, the, and the things that he put in motion, just by doing this in one episode, like will haunt us until season four of the show. And even, and like, you'll hear more about it in legacies. But like, like, it's just like, that's like a great thing to know because he leaves behind a... He leaves his mark on the show. And I think it's so... I think it is so impressive that this was such a Papa Tunde-centered episode, but it was paced in such a way that you, like, never got bored of it. It was just a brilliant episode all around, period. It wasn't like they took time to be like, no, and then here we go with the human faction stuff. Like, that's the stuff I didn't really like. But, like, um... Like, they pushed the plot into the next half of the season. Yeah. They literally took us in a wheelchair, pushed us off a cliff, and set us on fire. And we're like, we're going in now, kids. And I just, I love the fact that they didn't show us what the other three witches were doing. Um, I no. like the fact that they took the time to just be like, this is one guy. Yeah. This is one one person. And but we have seen. So um, bad. And we've seen Bastian before. We've seen yeah. her Bastiana fuck shit up. was in the first Bastiana. part of this episode. <laughs> she wasn't part of it, but we've seen her fuck shit up before. Genevieve and Papa Tunde were really the only first two. And also Celeste, but now we know Celeste is that bitch. Yeah. Um, but like Genevieve, like they're kind of portraying her as this meek, innocent, like little girl, innocent little witch who's who's here to like to see the new the the arrivers from the new visitors for the coven and now all of a sudden like you have to think about it now Genevieve's evil like she's considered an evil person so like what's gonna happen there like it gives us a little bit like to think about Genevieve too like yeah. yes it does it doesn't it was obviously Papa Tunde focus which amazing chef's kiss Good. 100% yes perfect um but like it gave us time to think about like 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 how you said like if this was just one person what are the others gonna be like yeah she resurrected celeste is one of them hey guys they resurrected four people like and now we're down to three it's just very much like and then there were none-esque for me where like there is a mystery going on as to like what they have planned and you know they have something planned because of celeste pulling the strings i just i love this. Celeste is really gonna be Celeste is one of the I think one of the best villains because she's been plotting this for like centuries. She's never died apparently. She's like never, oh my she's god! Lived. 
She's lived one bajillion years. Yeah, she hasn't died. And so, like, she's had a lot of time to to do all this. I just, I love yeah. it. I love this episode. I think it's a banger. I think the originals overall, banger. Yeah. Truly, I think we honestly. we can all agree, Papa Day MVP for this episode, villain who causes problems on purpose, and I love him for it. He literally caused, he caused these problems on purpose and peaced out. Yeah, he's like, left my a evil work here impression. is done. Peace. Like, that's he left just a it. lasting impression. Like in he, like obviously the la- the only thing remaining of Papa Tunde now is the blade. Where I can confirm that it's the blade. But like, yes, the fact that this blade becomes such an important part of just the entire story of the originals. I cannot tell you how many times they reference it in the later seasons, y'all. They rev- they use Papa Papa Tunde's blade comes back to haunt us. Oh, 100%. It even comes back, if you have been watching Legacies, which many of you have, because Legacies is the best show. Uh, no. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, like, even, like, when a surprise character from the original shows up, they give us a history lesson of Papa Tunde's Blade. Like, to the new viewers, to kind of give them that, like, obviously, by now, we know what happens to the Blade. B and B know. You don't. Um, but, like, it's so cool, that, like, even, like, that even the Vampire Diaries writers, the Vampire Diaries writers, the Legacies writers, pulled that in. They were like, that's a cool thing to remember. Let's do that, because that's such a big part of the originals. Because when I think originals, I think of that bone dagger. And yeah, a white that bone steak. dagger. Yeah. Like, like that's one thing that's, like, it sticks out of my mind. Like, when you say Papa Tunde's blade, I think that curved bone blade mm-hmm. with the ridges on it and the designs, that's what I think about. This episode fucked real hard, is what we're trying to say. And next week, we're going to be watching season five, episode 12 of The Vampire Diaries, The Devil Inside, an episode that um, I'm not going to say it doesn't fuck, but I will say I don't think it's going to be as good as this episode was, besties. No. I think you'll be hard pressed to find a season five episode of TVD that's as good as this. No, uh, I there is one episode coming up that I'm gonna give a ten, <laughs> like one hundred. But is that gonna be a Brian ten or is that gonna be an overall? Yeah, it was a good episode ten. You know, mm, this is what I have. I think to it's think gonna about, be a Brian you know? ten. Like this one was a. This was an episode. This is also like this is a both like Brian ten, good ten. Like yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. This year, right? Yeah. Uh, but you know what? We'll see. We'll see what happens next week on the Days. That's it for this episode of Afterbite. Thanks for joining us, y'all. Y'all can find us at on Twitter at AfterbitePod. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Afterbite. You can also find merch at brightcrownmedia.com slash shop. Besties, new things dropping soon in the Bright Crown Media shop, like hoodies and a beanie, I think. And uh, <gasps> I love beanies. And, and, and I live uh, in Florida. <laughs> and I think another shirt design. I'm not sure. We'll figure it out. But there'll Ooh. be something. There's some new things coming along, Fun besties. Fun. Uh, you can join us on next Friday or whatever. Anyway. Yeah, Friday or whatever this we want to drop it. Screw you. <laughs> sometimes, you know, sometimes it's just like, yeah, okay. Like, we, we try and post these on Friday. But I we have a real adult job. And I don't edit it very quickly, so unfortunately sometimes it just drops on Saturdays or what the fuck ever. You know the deal. Anyway, goodbye. We're done with this episode. Bye. Bye. Get vaccinated. Get your boosters, too. Get your prick. Get your Fauci out.